All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr. here. We got a great show for you guys today. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us, leave us a five star rating, and check us out here live Monday through Friday. 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the DraftKings Network, DraftKingsNetwork.com, the YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, Roku, and more. couple of great guests for you guys today. Legereus Sneed, Super Bowl champion, cornerback two times now for the Kansas City Chiefs, going to stop by and talk with us about what it's like to win two Super Bowls in four years, as if this sport is hard at all. And then hoping to talk to our friend Rebecca Lobo, the Hall of Famer over at ESPN, as dad, we had the big news happen finally last night. We've been chasing this all season and knew uh, coming off of an upset loss on the road against Nebraska that Caitlin Clark was eight points away from passing Kelsey Plum's all-time scoring record in NCAA women's division basketball. She does it in about a couple minutes time last night as they yeah. boat race Michigan and very early in that game. Uh, uh, fittingly enough, dad, a logo three from Caitlin Clark, she now becomes the all-time record holder. Well, she had called that. Obviously, she knew she was going to break it, and she said when she does it, if it works out, she's going to do it from the logo. So that that's kind of her signature. And again, she remembered yesterday she had said she didn't want the game stopped, but you have to obviously acknowledge the greatness of what she has done. You know, she went off in that first quarter, 23 points. I think there was only one other quarter in her career where she scored more, I think 25 in the fourth quarter of a game. So she went off early on in that game. Got got that out of the way. There are for for most, and we've seen this over the years. For those going for records that are happening while a game is playing, I think the thing they want the most is to get it done, right? Get it out of the way, yeah. Uh, so you can kind of get back to what you do because it's inevitable you're going to get it. There's there's records we've seen over the years where that was going to happen, and it was like let's just get it done. 
And this was was a no-brainer. It was going to happen. She still has four more regular season games and the tournament. We'll get into other records that she can catch. But, I mean, what can you say? I mean, she's... Going to go down, obviously, is the greatest scorer of all time in women, women's Division One history. Uh, oddly enough, she could have another year if she wanted to, which which would put a lot of things probably out of reach for other people. I would say I doubt she's going to take that and be the number one pick in the WNBA, but she said she'll decide on that later. Uh, but congrats to her. This was an inevitable thing, barring knock on wood, any injury keeping her out. And even uh, Angel Reese from LSU threw her out of congratulations as well after those two. So much was made uh, off of their looks toward one another and such uh, and thing and gestures and things. So uh, that that was very cool as well. But I mean, what 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 can you say? I mean, we knew this was coming. It was just a matter of what game it was going to end on. Yep, it, it was coronation day, and you're right. I saw the. Uh, gesture there from Angel Reese. I saw Nike put out a, a placard for her that said, if you break it, you own it in reference to the record, which I thought was pretty darn <laughs> cool. And now she does. She stands alone atop all this. She's the only player with three over 3,000 points and 1,000 career assists already. Last night, I saw this per Mike Vopel and ESPN Stats and Info. Caitlin Clark scored or assisted on 79 points last night in the win against Michigan. It was the most points by any Division One player in a game over the last 25 seasons scored and assisted on. So this is just what she's been, Dad, and... I think there's been a lot of the comparisons. We talked about Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionescu getting ready to square off this weekend, but she's had a Steph Curry-like effect. And I think remembering what Steph did for so many young players when he was coming up and really starting to become a phenomenon, it was kids showing up to watch the pregame warm-up. It was all of the show around it and just never being sure what you could get. That ability to create off the dribble that made him so much different than so many of the great three-point shooters we had ever seen, that's a lot of Caitlin Clark's game where you've always got to be ready for the bomb to go off with her like we saw on the shot that took her over the mark last night. And what it's created is sort of a sense Sensation. There's a Caitlin Clark mania around women's college basketball where we've seen ticket prices jump for every game that she's involved in. The fan attendance goes through the roof for every game that she's involved in. This is someone that's found a way to captivate using that same weapon in the three-point shot that Steph Curry has, and now it has a chance to... I'd probably inspire a generation of young women, especially, who are getting ready to pick up a basketball. I don't think there's any doubt that that's going on when, when young men and women see players of this caliber doing what they're doing. Um, and, and then you hear those players talk about it or the work involved that can inspire a group. And, and you're right because about the comparison with Steph, because anytime you, you Steph had the ball, you were waiting for it to go up. It didn't matter where he was on the court. And that's the same thing with Caitlin Clark. You, you're, you're expecting it. You're expecting her to launch it 10 feet past the three point line because she can, <laughs> and and you're just waiting for it to happen. And to really call her shot that says she was going to end it or get the record on the logo is pretty impressive. Just for comparisons, again, she broke Kelsey Plum's record. Kelsey Plum uh, got her record in 139 games, and right now Caitlin Clark is 126 games, so 13 fewer games, and she got the record. A lot of it, obviously, she made so many more threes. Plum made 343 uh, threes in her career uh and Caitlin is sitting at 487 and still going as far as made threes and what she's averaging averaging just under 33 points a game 
So, again, looking forward, they have four more regular season games. She's 99 points away from pay, uh, from passing uh, Pistol Pete, Pete Maravich, for the most points in Division Division One history, men or women. She's averaging about 33 a game. She would need to average in the last four regular season games 25 a game. But remember that the tournament games count as well, and she played in six yeah. of them last year and getting to the finals. She could potentially play in six again. So that potentially could be 10 more games at 33 points a game. That's easy math. That's 330 points. And you look at others she's behind right now. She's still behind Kelsey Plum by 258 points for most points in a, in a Division One season. So that's within reach with the, with the uh, tournament. And then overall, 316 points by Hall of Famer Pearl Moore. Uh, she set that AIAW record at Francis Marion. So she scores 316 points more than Caitlin Clark. And if Caitlin were to go all the way and, and again, play six games at her average, that would be 330 points. So she possibly could get that one as well and own just about everything there she's is gonna to She's going to have the Big Ten Conference tournament, standpoint. too, that we need to factor right. into that That's also. Right. So she's going to have uh, plenty of games as an option here. And You're right. Dad, you talk about this. We're able to kind of do this predictive math because I think the other most impressive thing – when you've got a star player and you become box office and everyone's trying to build their schedule around, I want to see this person, the amount of times where you'll see, hey, a Caitlin Clark game is going into the second half of the fourth quarter and it's closer, it's tied, or she's doing this and people switch on. The ability to deliver on command is such an underrated part of being a superstar where people always feel like they know what they're buying when they're buying a ticket to a Caitlin Clark game because no matter the attention, no matter the fact that every team knows that she is the chief scorer and is capable of doing all this and are certainly trying to stop that, they don't seem to be able to and she still finds a way to go out and be this deadly effective and having that level of consistency when you're buying a product and when you're trying to continue to build up the star power around a sport goes a long way when people feel like in this day and age where they've got so much that they can watch and there's so many content options, you're going to deliver consistently for me in a way that's exciting. That's an easy person to rally around and to do the things that we've done in terms of watching Caitlin Clark. And remember, she, their, their team, her team is is right there, right? They were second. I know on Super Bowl Sunday they lost to Nebraska. They dropped to number four. Now, I don't know if anybody's beating South Carolina this year, but it, it's not yeah. like she is a – like we watch Wemby play for San Antonio. We know that team's doing nothing, but we're watching him to see what he does. Caitlin Clark's on one of the best teams in the country, uh, obviously because of her, but still – you know, she has teammates out there that are pretty damn good as well to put them up there. So let's see that this is also tagged with a team that could make a run. Look how far they got last year and look what possibly they could do again this year. Though, like I said, I don't know if anybody's beating South Carolina, the only undefeated team left in basketball. Yeah, South Carolina uh, has that good old fashioned like, hey. We're just going to bigger, faster, stronger the hell out of you. There's plenty of skill yeah. there, but they are an overwhelming physical force that Dawn Staley's got at South Carolina. So, yeah, this might just be one where uh, you clear out and uh, they're going to do their thing. But in the meantime, we're going to be treated to more Caitlin Clark heroics. Like you said, she's going to be the number one pick in the WNBA draft. I know there's been some debate uh, in the uh, women's basketball community about what her projection to the next level looks like. We can certainly ask Rebecca about that. When she joins us, the one thing we should make abundantly clear is, friends, for all the people saying, oh, she's making more money in college than she will in the WNBA, 
all of the endorsement deals that she has in college can still be hers and will still be hers yeah. when she goes to the WNBA and is also drawing a salary. This is silly. Stop it. That's not how any of this works. How it does work, though, is we get to hear from Caitlin Clark and on breaking the record from after the game last night. Here she was. I don't know if you can really script it any better, and uh, I thought we played really well tonight and thought our defense could have been a little better, but um, just to do it in this fashion, I'm very grateful. I'm very thankful to be surrounded by so many people that have kind of been my foundation and everything that I've done since I was a young little girl, and um, I started crying watching that video just because like, I'm, I'm just filled with so much gratitude and love, and um, the way the fa these fans support women's basketball is so, much special, is so special, and um, yeah, I mean, you all knew I was going to shoot a logo three for the record. Come on now. Like she just, she always seems ready for the moment. She's got that kind of charisma yeah. that comes along with being a player of that caliber. So it, it's, I, it's been cool to watch. It's also, I, I found this funny dad. Cause we go, we went with the Steph Curry comparison where everyone called Steph like, Oh, this accessible superstar because people can't be six, eight LeBron James and do the things right, physically right. he can. Well, but people could shoot a three and do all that as if Steph Curry's not six, four, six, five himself. And the son of a former NBA player and the brother of an NBA player and grew up with that environment and that influence <laughs> in his life that few people can replicate. The same thing's going to happen with Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark's like six feet tall. Like you're not going to find a lot of girls that are six foot tall that are ice cold from beyond the arc like that. But it does feel that same brand of, oh, this is a skill that I can develop. This is I can yeah. hard work my way to being something similar to Caitlin Clark. So congratulations to her on just another incredible occasion uh, and a day that ends in Y with Caitlin Clark dropping buckets and now becoming the all time leading scorer in women's college basketball <laughs> dad while we're talking hoops we can switch over we had a little foot in the parking lot syndrome in the nba last night uh and doc rivers felt pretty comfortable calling it out uh they lost did the, the bucks 113 to 110 to the memphis grizzlies and as we know the memphis grizzlies devoid of pretty much all of their talent this year not yeah. a good basketball team and the bucks now fall to three and seven under doc rivers and he called it out like he saw it right after the game. Here was Doc. You know, these losses, obviously you don't want to lose games like this ever. Um, does that change the way I think about the team and where I think we – no, it doesn't at all. Um, I got a lot of confidence in this group. Uh, but we're going to have to make changes as far as how we want to play every night. We come back in this, uh, on our set, uh, two guys forget what we're running. Uh, then we miss the shot, and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. Um, you know, um, we, we had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo. Hey, it's I, I promise you that foot in the parking lot syndrome is so real when you know you've got a break yep. coming up whether it's the bye week for us in football or the all-star break for these guys that have been going since, you know, this fall. And it's a long grind to get to this point. Cause it's not a true halfway mark of the season. Dad, it's a pretty natural thing that happens to a lot of guys. But for Doc Rivers, who's still, like we said, 10 games into the job, he's got the unenviable task that he said himself, I wouldn't wish on anybody of trying to coach defense into this group that's kind of struggled on that end all year. Well, and, and this would be a little different had they been playing well, had they been seven and three under Doc and not what they are and three and seven, 11 and 13 since January 1st. So if they were playing better, you would maybe understand it a little more because you're right, it's real. That That is absolutely real uh, with these teams. If 
people didn't know out there, we are at the all-star break right now. The games last night were it. So guys who aren't going to be part of the all-star uh, uh, weekend in Indianapolis are going to be either sitting at home, chilling, or going somewhere. And that's obviously what Doc was referencing. So this hasn't changed uh, much at all uh, for Doc since he got there. They're sitting there in the third slot, but they're eight and a half behind the Celtics, who are you know, just smoking at this point. The Knicks are only a game and a half of them uh, away from them in, in the fourth slot. So they got to figure something out uh, at some way. You basically have basically have the same players uh, on your team. They just have to find a way to play differently. And, and as we have been mentioning, especially on the defensive end. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Part of me looks at this and goes, hey, we always knew it was going to be a cumbersome takeover. And the game right before the All-Star break where you are looking forward to some time off, regardless of what the record is and how the season's done, it's still a slog after a while. I mean, January basketball has been rough for a lot of people. It's 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 inspired a lot of the conversations that we've had about is the season too long and all these different changes we could potentially make when the reality is just like, hey, a season that's got 80 plus games is going to have a couple of stretches where things look pretty rough. And overall with the core of this Milwaukee Bucks team, they're going through this coaching change right now and they're coming up on this. There's a natural frustration that builds up or a natural bit of, you know, lethargy, whatever you want to call it, that all of a sudden is going to have you looking like this. So I'm not all that worried about the Milwaukee Bucks dad. Now I'm with you as we'll have a talk about the uh, Boston, uh, Boston Celtics coming up here in a short time this might just be freight train from hell situation where they're finally going to do their version of what the Denver Nuggets core last year was able to do in getting over the hump by staying healthy, staying together, doing this the right way overall. But for the Milwaukee Bucks talent wise, it's all still there for the most part. And they're going to have that about 30 game stretch after the all-star break to come back refreshed and really lock this in. And that will be the test. I think, especially the third, you want to talk about the next 10 games coming out of the all-star break with now that you've been and had some time away, what emphasis do you come back with on all of the changes doc's been trying to make? You know how they always say this, this person, X person's not walking through that door. You know, you got the players you got. Well, the, the uh, the Bucks did sign Danilo Gallinari, so you know he is coming through the door. Though I don't know what kind of difference that's going to make, but he is someone new. I was going to say I don't think that those are words that mean very little to you, to me, and most everybody else. Uh, I think at this yeah. current juncture. So we'll wait and find out. That shout out to our friend Amin El Hassan on the Patino game that you just tried to play. And uh, by the way, it's a good reminder that it is All-Star Weekend and our friend Charlotte Wilder and Amino Hassan and the Oddball Podcast and show here on DraftKings Network are going to be out in Indianapolis at All-Star Weekend checking in with everything out there. So they'll be able to tell you how it looks from that standpoint. And, and Dad, I can understand that part of it too. We always have this talk when it comes to like guys in the NFL and the Pro Bowl and how much people want to play in that. Like the NBA has spent a lot of time trying to fix the All-Star game that's coming up and all the things especially that go on with that game where we had seen gaudy scores get up into the 190s and it looked ridiculous. And I could partially understand it for a lot of the guys that have been around it for a while that, man, a vacation away with the family for that weekend seems a lot nicer than having to go at this point to, to, again, not to besmirch them, but Cabo sounds a lot nicer than Indianapolis in February. That's, I I think, a reality we can all accept. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys used to skip the Pro Bowl. They just didn't feel like after, you know, after the season, 
uh, going for then it was in Hawaii, which everybody's like Hawaii, but these are guys who've made multiple Pro Bowls that were like, you know what, I just want to chill uh, after the season here, you know, and that's what that's what you're right. A lot of these players want to do as well, and even though they do try and dress up the the All Star games. In all honesty. I don't think I've watched a hockey. I watched a little bit of the hockey all-star actual game, the three-on-three part of it. I don't remember ever. Yeah. It's been a while since I've watched the NBA actual all-star game. I In both those sports, I like the skills challenges that goes on the day before. I like that in hockey and how they put the million dollars on on uh, the uh, the competition uh, the day before, the bunch of competitions, I think, for eight players. And then in the NBA, what we're going to see, the slam dunk contest, three-point contest, you know, the skills, different skills challenge. I like that stuff way more than I like the game. The game isn't really much, but it's not like you can do a whole lot about it. They've tried different things, different scenarios, but it's always going to be no players getting in anybody's way here. It's just going to be a scoring fest. Yeah, no, guys decided they're not going to get here to get injured for who, for what, and God the Pro Bowl being in Hawaii compared to the NBA All-Star game being in Indianapolis. I don't know, man. It's supposed to be a reward. That's all I'm going to say about it as we continue to move forward here and take a look at that freight train from hell in Boston that seems to be mowing through this NBA season. Can they get it all the way to the top finally this year? Next. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust and it's great in convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again with no refrigeration required. So, trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. So we mentioned the foot in the parking lot in the NBA as we are now officially in the parking lot. We are at the All-Star break and we talked a lot about the Milwaukee Bucks, but dad, it's time to pay some respects to that team in Boston that has just decided to lap the field right now. The Celtics, six games ahead of the second place Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference right now, the best record in basketball at 43 and 12. They are the first team to eclipse the mark of 40 or more wins before 20 or more losses 
this season. Now, there's about six other teams that have that potential, but it's the old 40-20 rule that Phil Jackson used to talk about back in the day. And, Dad, the way that Milwaukee has gone about doing, or excuse me, the way that Boston has gone about doing this is incredibly impressive. Now, this was an article in Forbes as of February 10th, so last week there, that the Boston Celtics filtering out garbage time are third in offensive rating and third in defensive rating. They're outscoring opponents 9.3 points per 100 possessions, 28 of their 42.8 long-range shots a game from three have been catch-and-shoot opportunities, and that's 65.5% of those on the team. They generate 43.7% of their overall shots from beyond three, their highest figure in the league. So they are bombing away from beyond the arc in the way that's become modern basketball. They've got three guys averaging over 20 points. Kristaps Porzingis has been an awesome addition to this team. So, Dad, it's got to be championship or bust at this point for Boston, right? Yeah. Yeah, really is. And, they, and, and oh, by the way, you mentioned those three averaging over 20. They finally have someone in the top 10 in scoring in the league. They were doing all this without any top 10 scores, and now Tatum is sitting in the 10 slot, just jumped in uh, there. Just to let you know the threes they're making, they're on pace for 1,325 threes, which would rank second all-time behind the 22 Warriors, who know, you know, we just they just chuck those up at an amazing rate. But so does Boston. This is where we are now in the NBA, and this is what you do. And that 40-20 rule that we're talking about, 40 wins before 20 losses, three-point line got installed in the 79-80 season. Since then, 40 of the last 44 champions have met the 40 before 20 criteria. And as we mentioned, there's a few more that can hit it, like Minnesota's 39-16, and 16, so you got to believe they're going to hit it. Uh, you have yeah. teams that are 36 and 17, 37 and 17, Oklahoma City and even Cleveland. Uh, the Clippers, 36 and 17. So a few more teams could possibly hit it. But where I, I'm with you. It, it's almost like talking about last year, the Atlanta Braves, what they did, you know, motoring through the regular season. And it was like, well, you got you got to close this deal off. You know, it's kind of like we're talking about with San Francisco, right? We keep saying you got the best roster in the NFL. And you've lost in a Super Bowl, lost in two NFC Championship games, and lost in another Super Bowl. So you're not, you know, closing that deal with arguably the best roster in the game. And you also don't have Pat Mahomes. Uh, th that's kind of where Boston is showing up right now as so dominant that you just say, okay, this is great, but let's fast forward and let's see what happens in the postseason. Yeah, that's why I, I, in the segment before, kind of likened them to what we saw from last year's Denver Nuggets, where you've had a largely similar core of players that have been at the helm of this. I mean, God, Jaylen, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are still so young, but we've been talking about them at this level for so long because back when Kyrie Irving was with the Celtics and injured, they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals and put everyone on notice, put themselves on the map. And so we've been aware of them in that postseason conversation. They've had legitimacy in that area for a long time, but we've still been waiting for this current iteration of the Boston Celtics to get over the hump in that meaningful way. And one thing that I think has worked hugely in their favor, Dad, and we talk about this all the time in our sport a lot because in football with the prevalence of injury, you can almost always look up at yes. the end of the season and the teams hanging out in the postseason are the ones that are the healthiest. Yep. Continuity matters. And in basketball, it's the same way. As of last Friday, the starting lineup for the Boston Celtics of Drew Holiday, 
uh, White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kristaps Porzingis had played a total of 884 possessions. That's the eighth most of any lineup in basketball. And with that lineup, they had a plus 12.2 net rating. They've been on the court together long enough to figure out kind of to the polar opposite of what the Milwaukee Bucks are trying to do with a new group that's been together this year, now dealing with a new coach and a new voice. Everything's been consistent for Boston. So this feels like it's got to be the year while you've got some tumult in the Western Conference of some teams that are going to be doing this at a high level, some of them for the first time, like the Minnesota Timberwolves. And in the East, while teams like Milwaukee are trying to figure themselves out, while the 76ers don't have Joel Embiid, while Cleveland yeah. is trying to take the step up in weight class, this is a golden opportunity for a Boston Celtics team that feels like in so many ways it's come together for them this season. Yeah, it really does. And, and it's something to mention the continuity of that starting lineup. It's something you can never predict in any sport. We can sit there, everybody make their prognostications at the beginning of the year, but you have to take into con consideration there's going to be injuries. And they, we talk about that, as you mentioned, in the NFL, especially on the offensive line. How many different old line combinations do you have during the season and how that can affect you? Well, you know, in your top 10, like, like Boston is with keeping your guys together and playing those possessions, this is what you get. But. You, it, it does. I think it just puts more pressure. I mean, they're, they're six up on Cleveland where it's much closer. You know, you're going all the way down to five and six in the West where it's only six away from the top of the, the conference there. It's a lot closer with those teams there. And you got to figure Boston's probably going to pull away a little bit because of your explanations of the other teams as well. Uh, but, but I, I mean, we'll just continue to say it, it, it's almost, and it's a shame because you got to go through the regular season to get to the postseason. But ho hum, you know, let's okay, let's let's see what you did. Last year you lost in the conference finals to Miami. The year before, uh, you lost in the NBA finals to, to Golden State. So, you know, it's it's that time. Like I said, close but no cigar isn't gonna cut it for a team that's used to hanging banners, even though, you know, it's been a little while. Well, speaking of a team that's used to hanging banners that did something interesting last night, Dad, we talked about the Golden State Warriors the other day a lot in terms of their lineup, what they've got going on, a close but no cigar against the Clippers. Last night for the Warriors, they get a win over the Utah Jazz. Klay Thompson, for the first time since his rookie season, came off the bench and decided to absolutely drop bombs, went for 35 and looked much more like his old self. It was the first time again since 2012 that he had done that, Dan. Uh, Brandon uh, Podjim uh, Podjimski replaced him in the lineup, uh, their, one of their rookie guards. And, yeah, for Clay Thompson, I've had a lot of empathy for his situation this season. I guess empathy is probably the wrong word because I don't have an experience being as great as Clay Thompson was and having to swallow your pride the way he has this season. And he talked about his ability to be a good teammate and not mope and not pout. Steve Kerr's talked a lot about this publicly and privately with him. Just really impressed with what Clay Thompson pulled off last night. And quite honestly, dad, for a Warriors team that's still in the play-in bracket right now, if you can get this version of Clay to show up even half the time, especially in this capacity, boy, does that change some of what I think Golden State can be capable of because in a lot of the games I'd seen this year, he had just been a non-compete compared to his old self in so many ways. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. 35 off the bench, that's, that's crazy. You know, he ends up playing, what, 28 minutes and just, you know, hits seven threes, takes 13 shots there. But you're right, if they can pull that off, and, and, and to his credit, you know, I, and I know a lot of people say, well, he's a pro. That's what you do. Well, you know, when you're when you're that great for that long and then you're relegated to the bench, man, these are human beings as well. 
and there's pride on the line. And as he said, you can powder, you can go out there and you can respond, you know, and, and he said games prior, he did not respond well. And he took it out on some assistant coaches who he's apologized to as well. Um, so he wasn't handling it well at first. And, and that's not shocking. It's very, very difficult, different for athletes that are this great to all of a sudden say, oh yeah, okay, I'm on the bench now. Cool. No problem. There's going to be a little tug of war inside, you know, on how you're going to handle that. And Steve Kerr, luckily you have a, a, a coach that the players respect in Steve, in, uh, Steve Kerr, uh, who can kind of explain this to Clay and what the situation is, and they've hung banners. He's been one of the greats to get it done, and he looks to be accepting of that role, and that can only be good for Golden State. Yeah, uh, for a guy who has talked about his body and, and what injury has wrought on Clay Thompson over the last handful of seasons may finally be having an effect, but maybe this is a way to harness the best of what's left of one of the better players and was certainly half of one of the best backcourts that we've ever seen for so long in Golden State. Coming up next, let's head to the Pacific Northwest. A big decision made that could affect the future for the Seattle Seahawks and their new coach, Mike McDonald, next. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. Money is exactly what the Seahawks said to their quarterback, Geno Smith, yesterday. Dad, uh, they announced courtesy of ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter that uh, Geno Smith would be paid his $12.7 million on his contract by remaining on the roster through this Friday. That portion of his deal for next year becomes fully guaranteed as of today. And they said he'll remain on the roster, so it'll trigger that. It now converts from an injury guarantee to fully guaranteed money. And Dad, there's a lot of these sort of mechanisms in people's contracts, but I think for Seattle this becomes a means to give them options as well because Geno Smith costing them, I think, with this and some of the other bonuses in his contract right in the area of 20 to $22 million next season is pennies compared to what we know is most of the quarterback market. And so it gives them either that option of a cheap player to come back and play for them or if they were going to try and wheel and deal, man, a pretty appealing asset and a guy who may not have played as well last year as he did in 22, but at that price, that yeah. experience, and this talent level would still be coveted, I'd imagine, by a number of teams out there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that uh, as well and who you can wheel and deal for at this point. If you're not going to have – that's always the question, Mike. If you're not going to have Geno – uh, for a team, you know, that you're looking to win still right now, where are you going to go? 
right? Obviously, Russell Wilson's not coming back. There we sit there and talk about players that are available. Do you make a move for Justin Fields, who is still kind of on, a young player on the rise? Do you make a move for Baker Mayfield, who had a career year last year in Tampa Bay, but I don't think he's getting out of there. And while Geno had a little more of a down year, his last two years starting in Seattle, he averaged just under 4,000 yards passing, uh, twenty-five, basically 25 touchdowns and 10 interceptions a year. So, I mean, you, you would take that out of your starting quarterback. Now, again, this year, 20 and 9 as opposed to 30 and 11 the year before, so down a little bit. But I guess that's always the question. If not him, what are you going to do? I mean, if you have him for a basically a cap hit of 20 to 22, you're right. That's pennies on the dollar for a quarterback on what else you may be able to achieve with that roster. Uh, so from a money standpoint, it's good for the team. And I'll continue to say, where are you going to go if you don't have Geno Smith at quarterback? Yeah, I, I completely agree, Dad. I don't know how you're going to improve at this point in the offseason on what Geno Smith provides for you. And keep in mind, a lot of what happened with Seattle offensively, remember, there were injuries, especially on the offensive line that affected that team right. early on in the season. You look at the end of last season, Dad, Geno Smith threw an NFL record seven go-ahead TD passes in the fourth quarter overtime last season. And in the last six weeks of the year, posted the league's best total QBR. So finished the year on a strong note, and now is going to be dealing with a new head coach that's going to come in and fortify a right. defense that wasn't giving them a ton of help last year. And, oh, by the way, on offense, all that Ryan Grubb conversation we just had about him leaving Alabama, I'm fascinated to watch him work with the weapons in Seattle. Yep. We saw by the end of last season, Ryan Grubb in college made use of multiple tight end personnel groups there, lots of pre-snap motion, had a room full of dog-ass NFL-wide receivers, and now what's he walking into? A team in Seattle that at their best last year was using a bunch of multiple tight end personnel to run that uh, run that rushing attack, had a great group of wide receivers to work with there. And as a quarterback that I feel pretty confident in saying is going to be able to operate the mechanics of this offense and make use of the downfield passing stuff, take in all the information Ryan Grubb is giving him. And when those two tackles are healthy that they hit on in the draft two years ago, feels like a pretty good unit. So in a world where you're not going to go out and find Seattle's version of Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen this offseason, man, having Geno Smith on your roster, knowing what you're also about to get as an offensive mind and Ryan Grubbs feels like a pretty good place to be if you're Mike McDonald walking into year one. You know, we talk about depth on the offense because we've talked about that, especially with San Francisco. You know, with Metcalf and Lockett and Smith and Jigba, and you had two backs in Walker and Charbonnet that 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 had over sixty some receptions out of the running back position. Um, so I think they could now use their money on the defensive side of the ball, right? You know, the old line they need to stay healthy, obviously. So I I think you'll see them. You know, the the defensive side of the ball I think is where they can concentrate because I think they're set with their personnel on offense. Yeah, and listen, if you told me, so Seattle's sitting at 16 in the draft right now. If you told me, hey, if one of these quarterbacks falls, like we're having all this conversation right now. We had Field Yates on yesterday talking about, you know, you can get Jaden Daniels as the second quarterback off the board. We can go one, two, three in quarterbacks in this draft. Bo Nix might get drafted. J.J. McCarthy might get drafted in the first round. If one of these guys does slide down to them at 16, and all of a sudden you told me, hey, 
Seattle looked at this opportunity and said, we got Geno for cheap right now. We can put him out there and we can try and do the Mahomes thing where if we got one of these guys we like enough at that value spot right there and start to build for the future, that could make some sense to me. Like, yes, you'd like to build on defense, but Mike McDonald's also a guy that we think scheme is going to help you some in that. You're going to need to deal in personnel and free agency could still be a place that they do that. But dad, I do think... Overall, this gives them options. And I, I I think dealing him is an unlikely option for the reasons you mentioned at this point. Yeah, but agreed. I think that price tag does give them options and the way his contract is structured gives them some options about how they want to build that position in the future. You, you, had, you mentioned Field Yates yesterday. Did you see who he had them picking at the 16 slot? You think it would help their offense a little bit? Brock Bowers. I mean, if you added oh, that Christ. now, I, I think, again, I think they need more help on the defense. Their defense was, was not very good last year, but my God, if Brock Bowers is there, I, do, I don't know how he's at 16. He is a top five on the board talent, but at such a specific position, that's why you'll see yeah. tight ends go a little bit lower. Yeah, if he's at 16, if 16 comes around and Brock hasn't been picked yet, man, you grab him. I mean, I think Noah Fant last year had 30-some receptions. Uh, for Seattle, I believe it was right in that area there. Brock Bowers is going to be a star in the NFL. Bro, Brock Bowers, DK Metcalf, <laughs> Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith yeah. and Jigba, and the running back room you just mentioned in Seattle. No wonder Ryan Grubb was so eager to leave and head up to the Pacific Northwest. I don't blame him one bit. Uh, so we'll take a look at that, Dad. I think there are some interesting larger questions we can ask about the the quarterback position overall going into this offseason you mentioned baker mayfield as one of the guys who's going to be a free agent this offseason there's not a lot of guys out there and uh charlie kravitz great producer of uh dominique foxworth's podcast yesterday asked the question when i was on with those guys about trends or things that are patterns or things that are just noise right now in the nfl and there is this wonder with all right you got a guy like brock purdy who got to the super bowl last year there are only so many Patrick Mahomes watching the earth right now. Do you think we'll see more teams instead of trying to reach for big free agent signing quarterbacks like we saw with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets last year, like we've seen the uh, Buccaneers do with Tom Brady or the Ma Matthew Stafford Los Angeles Rams trade? With a couple of teams swinging and missing recently, do you think we'll see more teams say, hey, maybe we'll hold Pat with a Baker Mayfield or a Geno Smith right now rather than try and make these big swings and wait for the guy that we can draft? I think because those big swings paid off, you still might have teams trying to do that. Tampa Bay did win a Super Bowl. Rams did win a Super Bowl after they made those deals, one a free agent and the other a trade. And I think more would look at the Stafford situation because, you know, everybody says, well, Tom's the GOAT. Look what he did. I mean, you, if, you, yeah, if you get one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, certainly you're going to do better. But it was the Rams swapping quarterbacks with Detroit, Goff or Stafford, and then them winning a championship. So I don't know. A lot depends on who's out there. Because So I they would love to get away with not having to pay that or have that. But right now, really, in my opinion, we're looking at two quarterbacks. Mike Baker Mayfield's going back to, to Tampa Bay. I, I have no doubt about that. To me, it's like, where is Justin Fields going to end up? And where is Russell Wilson yeah. going to end up? And let's remember, Russell Wilson, while a big name, is not a big money hit. You can get him on the cheap because Denver's picking up the tab. So that kind of changes the equation a little bit on what you want to do.
And Russell Wilson really is one of the cautionary tales on the other side when you look at him, Deshaun Watson, these big money veteran swings that were most recently taken that have failed famously so far. Aaron Rodgers is sort of incomplete because he was hurt so early into this year. But it does call into question that had been the copycat league strategy we had seen teams with great rosters do trying to do that. But it also does make you wonder, all right, if this quarterback is so great, why is he available right now for me to go and get is the question I think more teams might be asking going forward now that we've seen a bigger sample. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. It's time for Cash It or Trash It, presented by DraftKings. Stay tuned because you'll hear more about DraftKings and all it has to offer throughout the show. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. And in this edition of Cash It or Trash It, we're going to take a look at the NBA skills competition coming up. Dad, you said you love it so much. Well, Saturday night, you can put your money where your mouth is. We can start with the NBA's dunk contest, which, you know, as always, a little bit hit or miss at times. How about this? What a statement. Defending champion Mac McClung of the G League Osceola Magic is the favorite at minus 165 on DraftKings Sportsbook. He's going to go up against Jalen Brown from the Boston Celtics, Miami's Jaime Jaquez Jr., and the Knicks, Jacob Toppin. Uh, Dad, are you cashing or trashing Mac McClung going for the refeed? Well, there's a couple of things here. I think because, you know, he's the G League player here that he's going to know he needs to ball out, you know, against these NBA guys. But there's also uh, there's also Jacob Toppin, who's played, what, in just five games with the Knicks. His brother, Obi Toppin, was with the Knicks and now with the Pacers. Um, I- I'm going to go between those two. But... I think McClung, because he's in the G League, realizes that he has got to come come just absolutely calling on this like he did last year. So I'm going to go with him as a repeat. It's the advantage you have visually, like optics-wise, when you are the small white guy doing these yep. dunks yeah. Yeah. cannot be overstated. 
He is a 6'2 white guy playing in the G League. And so dunking is his thing. Like short of what I always wanted, which was getting the professional dunkers that you see on YouTube, the guys that just do that full time, like street ball players, getting them in the dunk contest to just judge it up at this point because creativity, it's so hard because we've seen so many dunks that this, I think, does give you a decided advantage here, Dad. I'm going to be honest, seeing a name like Jalen Brown in the dunk contest stunned me. The fact yeah. that someone of that caliber, yeah. because usually most star players run screaming the other direction from this. Yep, yep, agreed. And, and that's been the bummer because this always had way back back in the day, this always had big name guys, always. This, this was like, this was the moment of the NBA All-Star weekend that everybody... The game, anything else was secondary to the dunk contest. And it has really, really taken a dive. Uh, at times, it would come back. It's a real peak and valley event right now. I, uh, I was walking into dinner at a restaurant last night, and on the TV, I thought I was just getting ready to walk by, and I thought it was just playing a basketball game that was up there. And all of a sudden, I did a double take, and I looked up and realized it was a replay of, I believe, the 2012 NBA All-Star Dunk Contest where we had Orlando Magic-era Dwight Howard. And that was the dunk contest. You remember, he put on the Superman cape. He went up and the stuck cape. the sticker yep. of himself up on the backboard. Like, that was yep. golden. One of, like, the last years or few of the golden age where the dunk contest had big star names and people that were trying to do incredibly fun, creative things with the dunk contest that didn't feel overwrought at that point. So it was just a reminder of what we've lost. Now, there's going to be five judges for this game. Each dunk's going to score from 40 to 50, given by every judge, five scores. That'll add up to the individual score for the round. We've got Hall of Famer and former Slam Dunk Contest champion Dominique Wilkins joining there. Fred Jones, 2004 Slam Dunk champion. The Hall of Famer Gary Payton, the Hall of Famer Mitch Richmond, and then uh, Darnell Hillman, a star for the Indiana Pacers back from the ABA days there. So uh, they're going to get... Uh, in the first round and the second round, each dunker is going to get a minute and 30 plus one additional try to complete one dunk and will be limited to just three attempts. And dad, we always know that's the secret to the great part of the dunk contest is you got to hit it on the first or second try. There's nothing yeah. sadder than watching a guy have to default to his yep. second tier dunk when he's like 50 seconds in and we're all very awkwardly sitting there. Yeah, that that's that's hurt this contest as well. When you have sometimes more misses than makes. Uh, you're right. It kind of takes the air out of the room a little bit when they make it on their fifth try. You're like, oh, okay, great, great. You finally got it. So I, I think, in, in my opinion, that has hurt the contest a bit as well. Which I hate because we've normalized this otherworldly athleticism yep. these guys have so much yep. that, yeah, we're ho-hum because it takes them a few extra tries to bounce a ball off the ground, go between their legs, knock a cup of water off their seven-foot buddy's head, and then dunk it home. God forbid it takes them a little bit longer to get to that point as I sit on my couch and burp up Tums. Uh. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Would you rather be... The guy that can jump the highest and do incredible things on a basketball court or just be able to jump as high as you can like that and be a basketball star, be the fastest runner in the 100 meters, or be the strongest guy in a weightlifting contest. And I, 
at my core, I'm such a meathead that being the strongest boy yeah. seems like such a cool thing. But man, I got to tell you, having bunnies like that would be awesome. Just because it's something yeah. I never had. I had like a week in my life where I could dunk and it was coming down our driveway at home in Connecticut that had a little bit of a slope one way. So I got a little bit of help and momentum coming down there. But besides that, I could never really sky like that. And it would be pretty cool to be able to walk into just a park anywhere and pull that off. I think as former linemen, the strength thing appeals to us. But as we'll see later in the show, with a lack of my jumping ability, I think I would really love to be able to jump way higher than you're going to see later. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool for us to get a little redemption for yeah. you, big guy. Um, something that requires comparatively less athletic ability, but winds up always being really entertaining for me for some reason. We got yeah. a three-point contest. Now, we've talked about Steph Curry versus Sabrina Unescu in the three-point shootout. That's a separate contest than what we're going to have in the traditional three-point contest on Saturday night. Defending champion Damian Lillard is back to defend his crown. He's the favorite on DK Sportsbook at plus 475 even though he's having his worst three-point shooting season among the eight participants. So, Dad, we've got uh, Damian Lillard. Are you cashing or trashing it for him defending his three-point title? I'm going to trash that. I'm going to go with either uh, Tyrese Halliburton. It's been his year, right? He has been the man this year. Yeah. So he's in it. Or, you know, I'll, I'll take the easy, the easy chalk and look at the guy who's got the best three-point percentage this year, right, just just a tick under 45%, and it's Malik Beasley from the Bucks. So I am going to trash that one on, uh, on Damian Lillard. The funniest possible outcome is Carl Anthony Towns, though. Like, oh, Carl without Anthony a doubt. Towns, who went on, I think it was um, Pat Beverly's podcast and dubbed himself the greatest shooting big man of all time and talked about how when he retires, he hopes people recognize and acknowledge that he changed the game in ways that none of the rest of us can see at this point. But uh, listen, Cat yep. called his shot, and now they're the best team in the West, at least record-wise, and so he gets to own some of that. But just giving Carl Anthony Towns more fuel to go out here and talk bleep above his weight class, that seems like the funniest yeah. possible outcome to me because I'd imagine there's going to be a lot of people that would eye-roll at that. Yeah, and it just seems like too many shots, right? Like, it, this will wear you down in a couple of rounds, right? And the big thing is, when do you see players stop using their legs on the three-pointer? And you wonder with the big man if he, uh, if he wears down a little quicker than the others on the amount of shots you're going to have to take if you move on in this contest. Yeah, he's the only one, if you look at attempts on the season of the eight participants in the dunk contest or in the uh, three point contest, that's attempted under 300 threes this season. He's right. 120 for 275, which has given him that percentage versus a guy like Trey Young, who's put up 450. Donovan Mitchell, who's been awesome this year, has put up 400 threes on the season. And so, yeah, for Damian Lillard, uh, it's. I don't know. It's been interesting with Dame this season. It hasn't obviously come in and they've had, you know, the, the coaching change and so many different things that have moved on around that team. But I think we all kind of thought it would come in and be a lot more lights out a lot earlier than it's yeah. been so far yeah. for Damian Lillard, who's in the unenviable spot of leaving the place that he had been for so long, where we had said he had been kind of recused from the discourse. We had just put Dame off to the side right. said top 75 player all time. One of the best shooters ever, Dame time, all this stuff without necessarily saying and asking the questions about where your MVPs have been, why you haven't been able to lift your team to a championship, why you've only got that one Western Conference Finals appearance against Golden State many moons ago. And even now going over to Milwaukee, 
I feel like, and maybe this will ramp up down the stretch as we get closer to the postseason, we haven't necessarily done the discourse with Dame, maybe because he is so late in his career, but this is the one place, man, if you could go back and deliver here and maybe jumpstart it a little bit, all of a sudden gets us started talking differently. Coming up next, we'll start talking about some different homes for some of the top free agents this NFL offseason next.